Okay, are we ready? We are we are. rolling? We are. All right. Welcome everyone to Cocktails and Killers, episode 14. Yeah. This is Lena. I'm Heather. I know it's been a while. We've been on a little hiatus and it's always my fault. <laughs> uh, but uh, tonight we are going to be talking about Peewee Gaskins. hadn't okay donald henry gaskins jr was technically his born name but no one knew his dad was so he was like the last in a string of illegitimate children born to his mom eula parrot so that's who we're going to be talking about peewee peewee yes uh he was given the nickname so he was very small when he was born he only weighed four pounds was he like early I couldn't find that's I'm like was he born early or was he just small? I couldn't find that he was born early. I mean, I guess it could have gone either way, especially if she was like a bit of a mess. She was a mess. She was a prostitute. There you, and, yeah. You know, she she didn't really care about him or any of her other children. Uh so he was given the nickname Peewee because he was so small. As like an adult when he started even just doing all this shit, he was only like 5'4 and weighed 130 oh, pounds. He was a little guy. <laughs> he, he was a peewee. <laughs> so, um, it was a lot of people were like, just thought he was just this little tiny weird man in town, but he drove around in a hearse. That's right. You told me that. Uh, I knew a guy that used to do drive around in a hearse. That shut was up. Yes. You can ask Jonathan. We need a guy. Yes, Heather. I swear, you lie. No, I promise. You can ask him. We knew a guy. Cause I'm His thinking, who does that? He used to drive around in a hearse all the time. You always knew it was Bruce. Well, now it was rumored he even had a bumper sticker that said "I haul dead bodies." <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> even though he's a psycho, right? He's like just. <laughs> flaunting it because he's like who's gonna believe this exactly. i'm the littlest motherfucker in town driving a hearse claiming i haul dead bodies who's gonna believe this shit <laughs> exactly I know they're gonna I think it's a big joke like mm-hmm. we always got tickled at bruce well bruce i hope you're not a serial killer <laughs> so okay little peewee he was born in florence south carolina like i said to his mom eula parrot and his early life was there's is his that Bruce's? That's Bruce's. Shut up! <laughs> I told you he had a hearse. Oh my god! Where do they even sell old? Like, is there like a hearse auction? I don't know. He's had this for well since I was in high school at least. I kind of want a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> not because I'm going to be hauling dead bodies, guys. <laughs> I'm not that crazy yet. All right, so his mom was a piece of shit, okay? She didn't take care of him. You know, she was out prostituting. Left him in the care of a male relative. He was molested, abused, you know, not taken care of. 
Of course. And people that remember him from his childhood said that even at like a young age that he was very much a con artist. Oh, and he very was... much a manipulator. He could get what he wanted mm-hmm. by manipulating people. He knew how he, he had that. Mm-hmm. At one point, gift. he was even called the redneck Charles Manson because he knew how to deceive people and to get, get them to do what he wanted yes. them, like do his bidding. And the we'll way talk Charles about that Manson later did. because he pulled a few people into his escapades later oh, okay. on. Okay. Yeah. When he was about a year old, he reports, because he wrote a book, Mm -hmm. an autobiography. Oh. I would like to read it at some point. Um, But he says that he got a hold of some kerosene and drank it. (gasps) Which, I mean, I could see. People used to heat their homes with kerosene, so that's not unthinkable. Right. And that it, you know, fucked him up. And from that age till about four, he had what he called convulsions, which I'm assuming would be like Like a seizure type thing. Man, he didn't stand a chance. He really didn't. Um, not at all. No. He didn't. Sorry, take a drink of my beer, guys. I'm having a blue moon tonight in honor of our cocktails and killers. Yeah, and I'm having some Moscato. Oh, that stuff's too sweet for me. Heather knows I can't do that. I like the sweet stuff. I Mm. can't do that bitter stuff she does. (laughs) I like the, the, you know, not so sweet stuff. I mean, I like my bourbon and all that, but it has to have a mixer. His childhood was fucked, so at age 11, he quit school and he started working on cars at a local garage. And while he was working there, he met two other local boys who were, you know, dropouts. And they were around the same age. Their names were Danny and Marsh. And they teamed up and decided they were just going to be fucking badasses. (laughs) And they called themselves the Trouble Trio. Oh, nice. So they started breaking into homes, picking up prostitutes. At like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, They started to rape some of the little boys around the town. Oh my. And would threaten them if they went to the police that they would kill them. Eventually, they raped Marsh's little sister and got caught by the parents of the two boys. And they all basically got beat with just in an inch of their lives. I was going to say, I'm really surprised any of them survived that because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, uh, from all the accounts, said that basically they were just near death. So, um, the two boys, Danny and Marsh, their parents, they just up and moved out of town, I guess, because of all the, the ridicule, you know, but... The um, backlash from... Mm-hmm. So, Pee Wee was left behind, so he continued his string of burglarizing and just fucking shit up. He's the troublemaker of one now. Yeah, so a few years later, in 1946, he broke into a girl that he actually knew. He knew her. He broke into her house, and she caught him. And she got an axe. (laughs) I mean, because you gotta think, he's tiny at this, I mean, you know. This pimp squeak wants to come into my house? Right, so she struck him with the axe. Somehow, they wrestled And he managed to get it away from her and struck her in the head and the arm. She didn't die, but he fled. So she survived, and Pee-wee was arrested and convicted for assault with a deadly weapon and intent to kill. So, okay, get this. He was so neglected as a child. During the court proceedings, this was the first time he knew or heard that his name was Donald and not Pee-wee. 
No one had ever like called him by his name or anything. Mm-hmm. So he was like, Donald, what's that? So that's Who's how Donald? he learned that that was his real name. Dang. How crazy is that? It's the first time he'd ever heard it spoken in his life. Wow. So he got convicted and he was sent to the South Carolina Industrial School for Boys until he turned 18. He gets there. And because he is so small, immediately he's like, just pray for everybody. Repeatedly attacked and raped due to just basically his size and that he couldn't fight back. He spent all of his time there accepting protection from, quote, the boss boy in exchange for sex or he was trying to escape. Finally, he did escape and he got on with a traveling circus. I'm not, I'm, I'm not joking. I can't make this up, okay? Oh, my goodness. He gets married to a 13-year-old while doing this. Now, pro, I, don't, I don't know. This is in the 40s. It may, was this even legal then to marry a 13-year-old? You know, there, there may not have been as many laws then as there is now. I don't know. But, so, he marries this young girl. He decides the circus is not for him. <laughs> what did he do in the circus? Do you know? I don't know. I couldn't find that. I was going to say, did he like guess people's weight or was he like the, I don't know. I, I couldn't find anything because I was interested. Like, what's somebody so small going to do? So he could have just been just like a working a booth a cl- or a clown something. or a, Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I got his book and read it, it may mm. give more details it about may. it. So, he decided, I guess, marriage and the circus life wasn't for him. So, he goes back to the reform school to finish out his sentence. And <laughs> and left his wife somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Just dips out and was like, okay, I'm going back. Wow. So, he finishes his time there and he's released. So, he starts working on a tobacco farm. Now, he gets involved in insurance fraud. So, he was working with a partner by, you know, scheming with local tobacco farmers to burn their barns down for a fee so they could collect insurance insurance money. Mm-hmm. So people in the area started kind of wondering if maybe he was involved. So his employer's daughter questioned him about the barn fires, and I guess they were on the farm. He panicked, knocks her, cracks her head open with a hammer, that he had in his hand. <laughs> God. And is convicted and he received a five-year sentence for assault with a deadly weapon and attempted murder again. <laughs> Jeez. So he goes to prison and I guess this time, because, you know, he's probably thinking back to the whole reform school. He was a little man, got abused, raped. So now he wants to do what he's got to do to become a big guy in prison. You know, mm-hmm. what he calls a power man. Yes. So, while in prison, he commits another murder. Oh, my God. He decided killing a fellow inmate would, you know, help keep him from being bothered by the other inmates. Yeah, yeah. I see. So, he just kind of did that as just like a a power play, you know, to make him look. Anybody messes with him, they die. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck with me and find out. Mm, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So he was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to six months of solitary confinement. But he did accomplish his goal of being a power man. The newly found status made his life in prison much better. Pretty sweet, yeah. Yeah. He could get whatever he wanted from anybody, I'm sure. Yep. 
uh, okay, in 1955, obviously his marriage was legal because he did file for divorce. I forgot mm. about that. No, sorry. His wife filed for divorce. Okay. Yeah. So he flips his shit and he escapes from prison <laughs> when he finds this out. They get divorced. He just lets it go. And then basically right after that, he got remarried. Oh, my. But this one only lasted two weeks. This marriage did. Then he gets involved with this lady named Betty Gates. Mm -hmm. All right. She talks him into going to Tennessee to bail out her brother out of jail. All right. He found out Gates' brother was actually her husband. Oh. And she had just used, used him. him. <laughs> yes. The police find out about all this. They arrive, you know, at the hotel, realize that he's also an escaped convict, and then he goes back to prison <laughs> for another, you know, nine months, added on to his sentence from what he already had. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, all right, let's fast. So he's in prison, you know, does his time. Fast forward, August 1961, okay? He was released from prison, and he returned to South Carolina. Well, obviously, he didn't stay out of trouble, and he started breaking into homes again. He avoided arrest by working with a minister as his driver and general assistant. So, so this minister knew what he was doing and was his getaway or, driver? I'm thinking he told the minister, I'm a handyman, I'm working on these homes, and, you know had her this big ruse because we know he was a good con artist. Yeah. That's... And he could convince people of anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to believe this little tiny man is going around to towns breaking into homes. He could have used whatever ruse he wanted to say, you know, oh, I have this job at this house. You know, you drive me, take me, and, you know, that should, I'll pay you later in the week or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he could have convinced anybody of anything. That's true. Mm. Either that or it was a shady minister. We know there's plenty of that. Well, that's true. I, that's true, too. So this made his travel from town to town easier mm -hmm. and made his crimes harder to trace. So in 1962, he was arrested for statutory rape of a 12-year-old girl. But he escaped again and went to North Carolina in a stolen car. There, he, you know, avoids police. He meets a 17-year-old girl and gets married again. God. This is This is number three. Three? Three? Yeah, one, I think two. so, because there was the first one and then yeah, the second one. Yeah, and then the one. second one. And then Betty, he didn't marry. But, no. Yes, Well, that's I right. guess he kind of did, but was it even legal? She right, because she married. was already married. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is three or four. Too fucking many for this little <laughs> shrimp. So, he meets his 17-year-old girl, marries her. I guess, eventually, she realizes that he's fucking crazy. So, she goes to the police and turns him in for statutory rape. Mm -hmm. And he gets six years in the Columbia Penitentiary. Penitentiary. <laughs> Had too many beers. Okay, so... Six years later, 1968, he was paroled again, and he says, this is it. I'm done. I'm, I'm living. Like, I'm on the straight and narrow. Yes. I'm living a good life, guys. I'm not going back. Mm. How long did that last? It doesn't last long. <laughs> at all. At all. 
So there is one thing that he talked about a lot. And to me, this almost seems like maybe he might have been schizophrenic, but this was kind of before the whole, you know, mental health thing. Mm -hmm. He talked about these, quote, aggravated and bothersome feelings that he would have, almost like a voice talking to him. And I him, always think of, like, Dexter and his dark passengers. Yes. Yes. That told him to do these things. Which I can't wait that that's coming back in November. I know, November. it's November. I can't wait. November 7th, right? Something like that. I think it was... Okay, so he talked about these, quote, aggravated and bothersome feelings. So, September 1969, so this is, you know, not even a year after he was released, about 10 months, he says he found relief from the feelings. So, he picked up a female hitchhiker in North Carolina and became super angry when she laughed at his sexual, you know, innuendos. So, he beat her till she was unconscious, raped, sodomized, and tortured her. Took her body to the swamp and sank her down so she wouldn't, you know, float back float up. back up. So his, quote, process of rape, torture, and murder was, he described it as a vision from the bothersome feelings. Almost like they were telling him, you know, what to do and that it wasn't him. At this point, satisfying these feelings became like, <gasps> every, that's all he could think about was just... Listening to his visions that, and the voice and yes. doing what it told him to do. and So he set out on a quest. He learned, you know, basically the master of torture. He would keep, he reported keeping his victims alive for days even. He would learn how to, you know, keep them from bleeding out. Sometimes he would cannibalize the severed body parts that he would cut off of them. And he would eat them in front of them. Oh, man. And... He would even make them join in in eating their own flesh. Oh, that just, like, makes me want to puke to think about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, he was like Jeffrey Dahmer before Jeffrey Dahmer. He was like Jeffrey Dahmer on steroids. Yeah. Like, who makes somebody eat their own themselves? I don't... I don't... I mean, I think, why would you do that? I'd just be like, just fucking kill me. I mean, but I guess... I don't know. Maybe you think if you just do it, you'll get away. I don't know. I, I think that is the mindset of a lot of victims, you know? Like, if they cooperate, maybe they'll let me go. Honey, you ain't going nowhere. No. Except, you know, in the ground or in a ditch or in a swamp. Ugh. You're not coming out alive. I mean, you're... R rarely would that ever happen. Right. He really didn't have any preference toward, like, females, males, ages, you know, any of that. Kind of like Ramirez, it's just very... Yeah, it's like he did have more female victims, but between 1969 and 1975, investigators discovered a lot of, you know, remains of both boy and girl, you know, victims, victims along the Carolina highways. I mean, I guess given how small he was, it would mm -hmm. be easier to go up against a woman instead of a man unless it was a young a boy. A young, yes, young children. Mm -hmm. So, when he, you know, later on in life, he recanted these particular murders and called that his, quote, weekend recreation. <laughs> so, to him... So, to him, that was something fun he did on the yes. weekends? And to him, killing someone he knew was much more serious murder. Like, that was worse. Mm. But killing a stranger wasn't such of a big deal. Wow. 
So actually one murder was his 15 year old niece and her friend. He lured the two girls to an abandoned house where he attempted to rape them and upon failing to do so, he basically just beat them to death. Oh my God. Now he claims what I don't understand whenever like how the hell did he overpower two I know, girls? Two girls. They had to just be so scared. I don't know. I feel like if somebody tried, if you and I are in Vegas mm -hmm. and somebody tries to fuck with us, I'm going to be in such a fit of rage, I'm going <laughs> to kill someone. It's like, I will go, yeah. Like, that's just how, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, until you're maybe, in the moment, I don't know. I mean, you said he lured them in to that abandoned uh -huh. house. Of course, like, he's, he's a con man. Right. He can talk people into stuff. So I'm sure he tricked them. Oh, but yeah. Once to get he them got there. them in there, I mm -hmm. wonder how. I don't know. I was saying John Wayne Gacy would pretend to, you know, do a magic trick on the boys mm -hmm. to get them in handcuffs. So, yeah, it that's been, true. You know, who knows? Hmm. What exactly, you know? I feel like I need to read the book and do a follow up to see if there's more details because I couldn't find a lot on the internet. Yeah. You know? And I think it's just going to have, I'm just going to have yeah, to read the Yeah, sometimes, like, you know, when I, I did Nancy Morgan's case, mm -hmm. the only information I was could in find the book. was in the book. Right. Like, you cannot find anything. Yeah. And even when I looked into Betty Gale, uh, the majority of her, it all came from the mm -hmm. book pretty much because I couldn't find a whole lot out there. Yeah. I know. I think we may have to do a part two to this uh, just because... So, yeah. he claims that he killed upwards of 100 people, but we don't know for sure. So, like I said, you know, a lot of people in the town just thought that he was just, you know, mentally ill, and a lot of people really tried to just avoid him just because they just, they didn't think he was a killer, but there just wasn't he was, something. Like, he was off. Like, yes. something. He was one of those he was the town, town weirdos, yeah, that you you ignore, you know, you avoid. Yeah. He did have a few friends, you know. There was one of them. Her name was Doreen Dempsey, and she was a mom of a two-year-old, and she was pregnant at the time of her death. So, she was leaving town and decided to get a ride from him to the bus station. Well, he had other plans. So, he took her to a wooded area where he raped her and killed her and then i'm telling you what i'm a pregnant lady and then you're gonna try i am not going down without a fight he raped and sodomized and killed the baby shut up like the one she was pregnant yes. with yes the one in her belly mm -hmm. <gasps> and oh he buried them together oh my god wow yeah that is a whole <laughs> new level of twisted damn sick fuck yeah he was yeah because when i started like researching about him i'm like how have i never heard of this guy he yeah. was so twisted he was like, you know but it was just before was the time of before we were born and yeah and before like serial killers were like popular or famous you know because yeah. i feel like it wasn't until the gacy and the Dahmer and you know ramirez and all that that things like that really Bundy. got yeah all that in the mm -hmm. 70s yeah. yeah all right so for at 42 years old 1975 basically he had just been killing steadily for you know at least the past six years and up until then he had worked alone you mm -hmm. know he hadn't really brought anyone else in on his killings he ended up 
murdering three people whose van broke down on the side of the road. And he called one of his ex-con friends, Walter Neely, Mm -hmm. to drive the victim's van to his garage so he could repaint it and sell it. So he got rid of the bodies. Walter drives the van. And again, how did a five-foot-four little pickwink, right, kill three people? Mm, mm. Hold on, it gets better. He was also a hired hitman. Shut up. I swear to God. The same year, a lady named Suzanne Kipper paid him $1,500 to kill her ex-boyfriend, Silas Yates. There were two guys, John Powell and John Owens, handled all the communication between Gaskins and Kipper concerning their arrangement. So, on February 12th, Diane Neely, which is, you know, the wife of the the, uh, Neely man, Mm -hmm. lured him out of the house by claiming to have car troubles. So, Gaskins then kidnapped and murdered Yates while Powell and Owens watched. And then all three buried him. So, now he's got, like... Accomplices. Five people involved in one murder. Damn. Wow. So, around this same time, Gaskins had tortured and killed other people he knew. One was Kim Gilkins, a 13-year-old, who rejected him. So, he was trying to come on to her. God. Who's and with him and 13 I know. He likes the young one. Maybe because he's about their size. I, guess, I don't know. Some crazy pedophile. And then at that same time, two locals robbed his repair shop, not knowing that he was, you know, fucking crazy. <laughs> so he eventually found out who it was, killed them, and buried them in his private cemetery. He had a private cemetery? Uh-huh. Yeah. Where the hell was that? I guess on his, I don't know. He buried Where? bodies all over the Carolina highways. So. Oh, my God. So once again, he called on Walter Neely to help him bury those two bodies. And while there, Gaskins showed Neely where he'd buried the other locals. Okay, so after the disappearance of disappearance of Kim Gelkins, authorities began to become suspicious of Peewee. After searching his apartment, they found some of her clothing that was there. And he was indicted not for her murder, but quote, contributing to the delinquency of a minor. The hell is I that? don't know. That's what I Contributing said. Contributing to the delinquency of unless a that's minor. something like giving a child alcohol. Like maybe they thought Contributing he, to the delinquency of a minor. Okay, well I'm just gonna have to look that up. I don't even know if that's it. something that's even relevant anymore. Any action by an adult that allows or encourages illegal behavior by a person under the age of eighteen or places children in situations that expose them to illegal behavior. Mm, okay. How the hell would they know if I she's don't gone? know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. How would they even... How could... How, hmm. I don't how know would they how know they would what even, he did. Maybe they were just trying to find a charge that would stick. Enough to I get guess, him but I in custody or something. wouldn't even... You know? know? Yeah. Walter Neely, he cracked under the pressure. Okay. Question by police and stuff. Yes. And... So while waiting for the trial, and he took the police to Gaskin's little, you know, to Pee Wee's little Where private cemetery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they found the body of Sellers and Judy and Howard and Diane Neely and Johnny Knight and then all these other people, the locals that he had, you know, Dennis yeah. Bellamy, Doreen Dempsey, and her child. So on April 27th, 1976, 
Gaskins and Walter Neely were charged with eight counts of murder. On May 24, 1976, a jury convicted Gaskins of the murder uh, of Dennis Bellman and he was sentenced to death. In an attempt to avoid additional death sentences, he later confessed to seven more murders. Good Lord. Fast forward to November 1976. The Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty was unconstitutional at this time. Mm -hmm. So his death sentence was converted to life with seven consecutive life sentences. Nineteen seventy eight, the death penalty was restored. It didn't last long. This didn't mean anything to Gaskins until he was caught and found guilty for being paid to murder fellow prisoner Rudolf Tyner. So this is basically what sealed his fate in getting the death penalty. Was so murdering did he, like, another kill another inmate. He killed another inmate. This conviction is what caused him to get the death penalty restored back to him. Mm-hmm. He somehow got some C4, some dynamite. Oh, my God. While he's in prison. While he's in prison. I'm not sure how he got it, but he got some. And he basically blew his fucking head off. He put it in a some sort of a fashioned cup and told him that it was a... Like, device that you could use to, like... I guess I'm thinking... Like, telephone yes, with the cups? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And it blew his fucking head off. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, when this happened, he just starts confessing to all kinds of murders. Because he's thinking, the more I tell, maybe they won't kill me. You know? Like, the, maybe they won't electrocute me because they'll want to know where they're buried and mm-hmm. who all it was and this and that. So that's why the 100, we don't really know for sure. You know, if it were true, then he would be the worst serial killer in South Carolina history for mm-hmm. sure. You know? So he did, he admitted to killing one lady, Peggy Cutino, but someone else was already charged with her murder. So they were like, well, we're not going to backtrack. We're so not pursue. Yeah. The day that he was, uh, Supposed to be electrocuted, September the 6th. Mm-hmm. In order to say a big fuck you to the state, he slits his wrists with a razor blade he had swallowed. And he slit his, like, your, the bend of your elbow. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, no, motherfucker, you're not delaying this. They stitched him up. It said it took, like, over 20-something stitches, and he was still electrocuted the same day. <laughs> God. September 6, 1991, at a little after 1 in the morning. Damn. So the guy he killed in prison, he got the, he blew his head off with the yes. C4. Yes, Because at first I was like, I thought he killed himself with the oh, C4. Oh, no, no, no. He killed the guy, Harold Tyner. And that is <laughs> inevitably what restored the death penalty yeah. back to him. Wow. What an idiot. Mm-hmm. And his last words were basically... I'll let my lawyers talk for me now. I'm ready to go. And that was all he said. And then he was electrocuted. Now I'm interested in reading his book. I know, right? What all he got to say. I want to know what he said. It was an autobiography that he wrote with a professor that was from one of the colleges there in South Carolina, I think. Hmm. Um, And so he spent the last few, you know months or whatever of his time working with this guy to to get this book out hmm. so 
And then again, him being such a con man, I wonder how much of it's true. I was going to say, how can you even believe how much that he says is true if nobody else can, you know, because his mom died, I believe she died in 1992, right after he died. Let's see, Eula Parrot. I looked her up earlier, and I believe it was 1992. Yeah, she died in 1992, so she died not too long after him. I read on some plate he did have some kids, but I couldn't really figure out which wife it was with. He hmm. had a son that he was the only one that came to his execution. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that they were probably estranged. He never oh, no, really I'm had sure. anything to do with him, mm-hmm. but that he was there for that. Jeez. And I did read somewhere that he had a daughter, but I don't think she ever had she didn't even come to the execution. I don't think she ever even had anything to do with him. But I couldn't figure out which wife it was or, you know, which girlfriend or whatever. Could not even been with a wife. Who knows? I couldn't find anything about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think I'm going to have to read the book and yeah. do a part two. That would be awesome. But something that I watched recently an update to. Mm-hmm. Have you saw this? The guy in Georgetown... Killed. His trial is supposed yes, to start, it's supposed to start I want back. to cover him in an episode. I may do his next. Okay, good. Because yes. I've been waiting until it became time for his yes. retrial. Yeah. What was? Tell me his name. It's on. I'd have to look it. it up. It's it's on the that discovery dis- app. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm gonna cover his story. I've been waiting impatiently to cover. That's gonna be a good one. I'm glad you're gonna because do it. Because his retrial's coming up, and mm-hmm. I was it just starts in September, I mm-hmm. think, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. That'll and be a good one. you know that's why I waited and did Robert Durst when I did because mm-hmm. his retrial started back, and the, actually yesterday the defense rested or the prosecution rested their case oh, okay. after months of um, testimony, trying to you know and. Supposedly, so it's only about 2.18 in the afternoon out there right now Mm -hmm. in L.A., but he's expected to take the stand today. Oh, really? In his defense. Is he even well enough to even... I mean, he's he's extremely frail. He's got bladder cancer. He's had a shunt put into his brain. His lawyers have actually tried to get a mistrial. Because he's so sick? Because he's so sick. Um, no, and you still well, did what you did. Exactly, he's um, he's been denied for that. Oh, good. Um, they did try to get a mistrial called based on his health issues, mm-hmm. and the judge said nope. Um, I guess the the kidney specialist testified about all the elements he has: bladder cancer, chronic lung disease. That don't erase the fact that you killed your wife and your friend and a neighbor and uh-huh. all that other shit you did stole a sandwich and you know <laughs> stole a sandwich whatever he got arrested <laughs> for that time that was so fucking stupid the judge said nope uh it's we're not gonna call a mistrial because of health issues but he is expected to stay, take the stand today oh, so next time maybe we'll have an update about that too possibly and it's not common for you know a person to take that stand in defense of themselves, mm-hmm. but it worked last time, right? When he killed his neighbor, yeah, um, with the whole self defense thing. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I believe some people think that because he's so frail and in such poor health that he'll be able to 
gain some sympathy right, yeah. from the jury. That's probably the only reason they're putting him on there. Yeah, and his, you know, his attorney, part of the reason they wanted the mistrial was because they said um, they don't think that he would have the um, ability to understand complex questions and with all his health elements, and the judge was like, mm, no. Mm. Sounds he, like He's totally to of sound mind. Right. And you, can, you can tell he's of sound mind still, so we're not going to grant a mistrial Good for his for health. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we'll see how that one goes. It should be winding up soon. It's bothering me. I can't think of the guy's name in Georgetown that I was just talking about. I'm going to have to Google it now. Jim Gray. James Gray. Anthony Gray. Anthony. James Edward, right? Anthony Gray. Oh, Anthony's the son. James Edward is the dad and Vivian is the, the mom. The mom. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. So Anthony Gray. Yep, that's him. Yeah. Uh, have you watched the yeah where the police just fucking lied and made up shit so i am really happy he's getting granted this trial i know this retrial like i'm i do not think that that should be legal for them to make up shit and tell people because it's not i don't think it is not everyone is mentally sound enough and you know what? I've been so drunk sometimes. If you told me I did something, I might be like, well, yeah. maybe I did. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that takes me back to, um, oh, who was it we were talking about that convinced themselves that, oh, um, for in the Betty Gell case. Oh, yeah. The guy who convinced himself yes, that, that he, he murdered had, yeah, her. And right. he probably had nothing to do exactly. with it. Most likely because his aunt was like, no, you were at my right. house. Same thing. That yeah. is just such bullshit. Like, they basically convinced him mm-hmm. that, yeah, you were drunk and. And you, then not to even this. have the cameras rolling until after he said, oh, yeah, I did it. Okay, oh, well, now let's turn the cameras on yeah, and get this and get thing mm-hmm. for you to sign now that we have the cameras on. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bullshit. I can't bullshit. wait to talk about it. I'll probably do that one next then because... Well, that'll be a good one. Yeah. We won't talk. We won't give too much thinking, away I was tonight, actually but... thinking about that while you were doing your thing tonight because I was like, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. Well, when I watched that, I was like, Heather doesn't do this one, then I'm going to do this one because one of us waiting. needs to do this. I've been waiting yep. until closer to his retrial because yep. I was like, oh, yes. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be fantastic. Well, thanks for tuning in again, guys. Yeah. Hopefully, it won't be another month before we do another one. It better not be. You know, we do have Vegas coming up. So, but we'll definitely do another one before then, for sure. So, my son is back healthy after his broken ankle and back in football. So, we have that six days a week now. So, fun stuff. My week, it's hard to get it done uh, because, you know, I'm divorced. So, I share custody. So, it's sometimes hard to get stuff done. But anyway, it's been a joy hanging out with you guys tonight yeah. and hanging out with Miss Scarlett. She didn't breathe too hard tonight. so Thank goodness. She did bark a little. So drop us a line on any of our social media. Yeah, let us know if there's anything that you guys want to hear about. And we'll if try not, to then I guess, yeah, we'll just do what we do and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye.